Fire in the hole. Yes. Episode twenty-four. Yes. Welcome. Yes. Welcome to you, sir. Episode twenty-four, man. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. What is that voice? I don't know. I don't know. I just keep going back to this voice. But I like it. <laughs> so uh, we had ourselves a good time. Yeah, we had uh, Sebastian Jerkovic. Yes, Mr. Jerkovic, a uh, friend of mine. Jerkovic. Yes, he's Mikevich. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not yours. Oh, sorry. Not Yurkovic. My, I would never that. That's fine. So Sebastian Yurkovic, uh, fashion photographer, shit disturber, mm-hmm. extraordinaire, uh, joined us today for a really fun episode. Uh, you know, uh, we talked about a couple of interesting things. Photography. Yep. Money and business and its relationship to artistic endeavors. Yeah, so, um, you know, the imposter syndrome, uh, the idea of working for your art and uh, being a businessman and an artist and how that works and some of the problems that we all have with these dynamics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's an expert in, like, the aesthetic of beauty, so we talked a little bit about that and what it takes to be beautiful in 2016 and the ins and outs of that. Right, other than being on the show, of course. Yeah, uh, well, by default, you're beautiful if you're on the show. Of course, but there are some other re- requirements. And uh, yes, that is him. You can hear chuckling in the back. <laughs> but either way, uh, yeah, we, we tackled just uh, very briefly some of these uh, ideas of, of what, you know, what, what is fashion in terms of uh, society and beauty and image and all that stuff. So that we got into that pretty deeply. Yeah, it was a good episode. And then I think we uh, even segued into politics. Yeah, that was unexpected. Yeah. But who's not talking about politics in this crazy day and age? I think I think it all ties in fashion and politics. Yeah, uh, I think is. Uh, oh, and without forgetting, of course, Matthew McConaughey. Right. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of McConaughey in this episode. McConaughey. Uh, what is it? McConaughey in the car. In, in a, a Buick? truck. Mc- yeah. In a Buick. McConaughey in a Buick. McConaughey in a Buick. Episode twenty-four. What is this? A center for ants. What? How can we be expected to teach children to learn how to read if they can't even fit inside the building? Derek, it's just a... I don't want to hear your excuses! The center has to be at least... three times bigger than this! up brother episode something something 24 24 yeah okay all right i'm on i'm on top of that shit you have to be because uh as uh the listeners by no, no doubt know by now uh numbers are not my forte <laughs> <laughs> that's not what i bring to this table right <laughs> okay i got you covered man thank you thank you yeah, you're a pleasure. valued member of this team <laughs> thanks, thanks. Don't, don't let anyone tell you different it means a lot to me hey it takes two to tango. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, today, we have uh, we were originally going to have uh, an old school uh, Richard and Jason uh, 
throwdown, but at mm-hmm. the last minute, a uh, little bit of good luck uh, came our way, and uh, we have with us today uh, Mr. Sebastian, or Sebastian if you prefer, uh, Jerkovic. Yeah, can you say Yurkovich too? Yurkovich? Yeah. Yurkovich. 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 Yeah. yeah, Sebastian. Yeah, yeah okay. That's fine. So welcome to the show. Like just Belt always tells me, Monsieur Who? Sebastian. Monsieur Sebastian? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what they call you? <laughs> Mr. Sebastian. It sounds like a kid show. Yes, it yeah. does. <laughs> that would go horribly is wrong. It, yeah, is it too early for those jokes? Yes. No, it's not. No, it's not? Okay. Well, welcome like, to the show. Thank you. Uh, we're glad having, to have thanks you. Thanks for having me. Sure, man. I mean, we've been wanting to do this for a while, but, uh, you know, uh, scheduling and all that. But no, you're here now, so uh, I guess I just wanted to get this out of the way. Yeah. Um, would you describe yourself as a fashion photographer or just a photographer? I would describe myself as a fashion photographer. Fashion photographer, yep. okay. And so specifically because that's your bag, because of fashion Because that's my bag, because that's what I like, because mm-hmm. that's what I do, because I don't do anything else. I won't do weddings. I won't do corporate shit. I won't mm-hmm. do like, you know, like I will do food. I will do... Really? Yeah, I will do food. Wait, Absolutely. corporate... So weddings, no, but food, yes. That's interesting. Yeah, because it's, uh, there's styling involved and it's the same process that in that is in fashion photography. For food, yeah. Okay, well, clearly we're not talking about like uh, Bob's potatoes. No, we're not. Menus here. No, we're not. Okay, we're no. talking like. But I would, I, I will do that. Yeah, but my forte is fashion photography. That's what I do. That's what I live off by, mm-hmm. and that's basically what I love. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's I've, what seen, I do. I've seen some of his work. It's and, my job. Uh, it's pretty legit. Yeah, uh, you can go check it out too. Yeah, we're going to post all the links, yeah, so sure. we're definitely... Okay, yeah. I think we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so coming. thank you for having hey, me. I'm, uh, yeah. Once again, I'm Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, that was me, yeah. Go. Okay, so uh, you were not born here, right? No, I was not. Uh, you want to give us some background on that? I was born in Paris. In Paris? Yes. Okay, that seems fitting. No, it's not. <laughs> is it not the home well, of fashion? Just, uh, yeah, it is the home of fashion, but not anymore, but I mean... I was born in Paris because of my parents. My dad was a diplomat. So. Most most people are, to be fair, born because of their parents. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I couldn't have the option. Sure. You know, That's where they right? dropped you off. I get right? it. They I dropped get... me off there. Okay. Right? Cool, cool. They had sex in India, and then they dropped me off in Paris. Really? You were yeah. conceived in India? Yes, I was. Interesting. Yes. So your parents were like globetrotters? Or? No, my dad is a diplomat. Diplomat. Okay. Yeah. For yeah. the government of Canada. Canada. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. So you are you were one of... You know, many children that he left behind. No, yes. <laughs> I was one of a whole illegitimate brood. Illegitimate brood children. It's the life. I it's probably the have some guy named Shazim working in <laughs> for Apple somewhere in California, right? Yeah, Sanjay so Sanjay is uh, doing yeah. IT for oh, Apple. Yeah, Sanjay, Sanjay Jerkovic. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Sanjay Jerkovic. Yeah. Yeah, and he only does f- uh, fashion IT. <laughs> yes, exactly. He has exactly. a weird pension for fashion. <laughs> yes, something. of course. Okay. Okay, that's cool. Well, I mean, uh, uh, I remember we we met actually me and Sebastian met in a really weird way. Yeah. Um, he lives in my neighborhood, so I used to see him around all the time, and. Uh, um, I, I'm not gonna. Say, I, I didn't make fun of him, but I was like, he clearly stuck out. Because and that to, to like, you know, you're an asshole, Jason. Yes, I am. Yes, yes. this is my this, is, this I do bring to the table. Okay, good, uh, good, good. So good. Let, let, let me wait for it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just just build your arsenal <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. So we live in. I live in. Uh, in both of us, we live in a bit of a. You could say a bit of a um, hippie neighborhood. Hippie neighborhood. Yeah. Yes. Definitely a lot of yes. uh, dreadlocks. Uh, a lot of retired hippies too. Uh, yes. 
a lot of circus performers, filmmakers, <laughs> artists, uh, leftists, <laughs> Bolsheviks, Bolsheviks as we like to call them. Uh, so it's a kind of artsy fartsy sort of area. So there's not too many guys walking around with like you know, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Jean Paul Gaultier stuff and you know like fashion. Have you seen any? Because I don't. You don't have any Gaultier? No, I don't. What do you have? You you should, but you wear some brands, right? Yeah, I yeah. wear Zara. There you go. But you wear Zara. But that that's because I can't afford shit about Gucci. But Zara is like I'm sorry, but that's like uh, Gucci for for the neighborhood. For poor people. For the. <laughs> <laughs> for where. But anyways, I noticed him because he kind of had a stylish thing. He had his own sort of style, and I always wonder. Like I see him sitting on at cafes and stuff, and I'm like, clearly he's not homeless, but he doesn't have a day job. What does this guy do, right? He dresses, he's a pretty snappy dresser. Uh, he looks like he has a cool life. I wonder what he does. And then a couple of years go by and we randomly find each other uh, s sitting on the terrace uh, of, uh, during the World Cup. Was it the last World Cup? Yeah. The one before? No, the last, the, one. Uh, yeah. the last one. Yeah. So that was like, uh, what, two years ago about? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's been two years already. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it being also a, a lot of and French. Still, I don't appreciate you. Me, me so, that. yeah. I still, I'm still waiting <laughs> Sorry for Sorry for interrupting. Yeah. That's okay. I'm still waiting for that moment, too. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of French expats in our area. A lot. Like even the businesses, yes. bars, uh, fish stores, surprise, yes. surprise, are owned by uh, French expats. And so, normally uh, during the World Cup, it was wall to wall French flags on every bar, right? And then there was these two assholes mainly me and Seb, uh, just like clapping and whooping whenever Germany would, would score, right? So we were like literally the two only guys <laughs> there rooting for Germany. Yeah. Despite being born in France. Despite being born in France and me yeah, having absolutely... Yeah, but I'm not French, so I mean, I'm Canadian, so... I have even But less, of German descent, too, so... Yeah, I have like even less of a fucking reason to love Germany, but I just do. I love the soccer team. They have a great national team. And we were sitting there and we're like, hey, you two? Yeah, man, yeah, I've seen you around. I've seen you around. And then we started getting... To sort of to know each other and uh yeah so we bonded over what a sport that traditionally tears families apart <laughs> and nations and yeah. uh has people killing each other uh in the stands and stuff so see soccer can be a good thing sometimes. yes absolutely yep so uh sports go sports go sports and man, did we ever pick the right cup to uh, to bond over? Yes, we did. Absolutely, absolutely. That was did amazing. It. That was amazing. Wasn't that a great? That feeling? was a freaking amazing win. Especially, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much you remember this, Richard, or if you even paid attention, but uh, Brazil, who are always the like the team that just fucking just dominates everything all the time, mm. they got they got humiliated. Yeah, like they they just fell apart. It was the most embarrassing. They're and they're in their hometown too. Yeah, they're at home. And yeah. they got like it was crazy because at one point we were sitting and watching the game, and actually like after I think it was like after the like third or fourth goal, fifth goal, fifth goal. It was like everybody who was actually rooting for Germany were like like come on guys give them a break you know like and the goal kept going and going and going it was <laughs> it was and like like even the the, the 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 Brazilian fans or the French fans that were around were like you know like. Thank you guys for the empathy, right? Yeah. So that was that was a very funny yeah. We moment. like stopped cheering at some point because yes. it was just, yes. it was painful exactly. to watch. Yes, I don't just think, to be polite. Yeah, it it was. It. I don't think any team, especially at home, has ever gotten served like that. No, you know, on the on the world like, stage. Yeah, it was a total humiliation. They fell apart, total, 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 completely total. fell apart, and then the <clears> yeah. number two or one other favorite team, which was Argentina, 
their superstar player just like he couldn't get it done you know because i think it was mostly on on his shoulders and they couldn't get it done either uh, portugal got knocked out so that was another team that everyone thought was going to do this and the other thing so when germany came in it was just like you know, we were talking about how like they would cut to the german fans like like <laughs> and everyone got really nervous yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden because uh, that site is still uh stirs up some dark memories national german pride yeah especially yeah. Yeah. on like an international broadcast right yeah. like the whole world is watching yeah and germans are like really happy german power! <laughs> like, <"Deutschland!"> <laughs> you know i remember i actually think i kind of sang a little bit i think song you did. i'm pretty sure when germany did. won yes yeah but that was a, that was that was not intended for so you do people. have german heritage right yeah, i do yes yeah. on on your father's side on my dad's side yeah okay And uh, your mom's heritage is? Oh, she's from Quebec. She's she's Quebec. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's Quebec. Okay. Try. So you can know, you say that with less disgust? Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, she's from Quebec. I'm That's kidding. fine. You I'm know, kidding. like she she wasn't asked to be born here. You know. Sure. Just like me. Just 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 like me not asking to be born in Paris. You know? There you go. There so you go. I mean, yeah, it's not a fault. Uh, I love my mom. Yes. And uh, even yeah, though, you know, even though, even though, even though that's. <laughs> You know, <laughs> there's a thank you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> Interesting how the the German yeah. your German side is coming out. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's no. The, the The funny thing is that actually it's it's funny that you bring it up because um, the fact that I've never like you know I've always lived in European countries and I always was very close to my mom and um, but at one point maybe I would say. Five, between five and ten years ago, I kind of took kind of notice of my Yugoslav and German heritage. Okay. And like you researched it a little bit? Yeah, I did research it a little bit. But not only that, it just I became more aware of it. Because when I was 17 and my parents, uh, we were living in Hull, right? Uh, Well, if there are any uh, listeners in the Hull area, get to know, whatever, <laughs> fuck you all. And um, so anyways, except Anne-Marie, which is my best friend. So anyways, but um, we were living there and my, my dad got assigned to Europe again, to Paris again. And I didn't want to go with, it, with them because like, I mean, it was like there was two... Too many like implications i you know like moving every time and moving and never having friends and blah blah yeah, blah it's, it's hell. changing friends it's like it's hell so i and i had like unc my uncle was living in montreal and for me i remember when i was young and we were coming on vacation um to montreal to see my grandparents um like montreal to me appeared as this great big you know american city compared to 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 paris Or compared to Brussels, where Gatineau. I live also. So, pardon me, Gatineau. <laughs> or Gatineau. No, no, no. But I mean, like Gatineau, I didn't know Gatineau sure, until sure. I was 12. But, but it, it seemed to you when like I this... was young, like uh -huh. six, seven, you know, coming on vacation here, it, like coming from the uh, Mercy Bridge and running into Montreal and seeing all these buildings eliminated, like high rises, like which for me at the time seemed like the hugest, huge American city, right? Like equal as Toronto or New York or whatever. 
And so at 17, when my dad was reassigned in Paris, they, they asked me if I wanted to come with them, you know. And I said, no, you know, I want to go live in Montreal because for me it was that big American city. But so, yeah, so that was a mistake. But, <laughs> but no, no, not saying that I don't like Montreal. I love Montreal. It's a great city. There's so much, like, great talents and there's so much to do and there's so much positive aspects to Montreal. You've, to outgrown, you've outgrown it a little bit. But I've, yeah, I've outgrown it for quite a time. Mm -hmm. And so it, that's where it got me interested also, like, on my heritage and... You know, like, you know, maybe, you know, it can go, I don't know, it just like, as a kid, I was seeing Montreal as, like, blank this, and... A little bit of the, the glitter has faded. Uh, uh, it has faded a lot. Right. So... Well, then um, again, you're also a, um, a self-employed yeah. uh, artist, yeah. Yeah. you're in a, a game that's very cutting edge, and you know, uh, international scene type thing, you know? Yeah. So I think any town that's not New York, Paris, or any of those big places is eventually going to be a little bit tough to uh, stand professionally. Well, you know, I, I do agree on a certain level, mm -hmm. but actually it's kind of easy also to live here It very and, that's true. and go elsewhere, you know. Okay, so like you, you, you don't have to live in New York. You you don't have to live in New York or to live in Berlin, or whatever. You know, like it's just like a question of character. I mean, I lived a year in Toronto. I love Toronto. I like it's a great city. I love the people in Toronto, and I love the vibe that's in Toronto. But if you compare it to Montreal on a work level, professionally, like anyways, what I've seen. I'm not generalizing, but what I've seen is, you know what? It's not that different, you yeah. know? The difference is the rents. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the difference. But yeah. otherwise than that, I mean... The cost of living is a lot. The right? Well, the cost of living is pretty much the same, except yeah. the rents. Yeah. That's the only thing. Okay, so your, your, bread, your bread and butter will cost approximately the same thing. Yeah, 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 you for sure. You can crack that bitch open. You just have to say fire in a hole when you open one. Fire in a hole. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. So, Plus, going back to anything that you were acquainted with as a kid always seems a lot smaller. Like, every, like if you've gone back to your like elementary yeah. school, like a step backwards. Like, yeah. This place seemed huge at the time. Yeah. These lockers are like three mm. feet tall. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. It's yeah, true. It's true. Yeah. Or you're going back to your old neighborhood, and it was your world for a couple of years. Yeah. And you're like, oh, now it's just like this. Three, it's like eight blocks. This yeah. is what I was freaking out over right yeah, yeah that was my world uh for so long yeah i see what you mean i see what you mean but you know i think it also has to do with what you do for a living you know there's certain types of jobs you can do from anywhere and there's it's even a place like montreal might be uh very uh conducive to it because it's it is in a way you know you were talking there are some positive sides like it is a quiet place mm -hmm. for a city it's a quiet city you know you can pretty much be out at any hour out in any hour in the middle of the city and like there's no like gun violence and there's no like weird gang activity and there's no oh, nothing sure. it's, it's like a mayonnaise quiet little place it's a it's a little it's a little province town yeah like you know when you see like there's paris and there's like bordeaux and Lyon and whatever so like i see montreal as that you know like as a type of Lyon type of city mm -hmm like provincial and like quiet and like you said and but you know. still kind of a 
being where we are geographically, we end up being sort of a crossroads to all of these big places, these important yeah. places, right? So all the important people come through at some point. Yeah. And we get all the transmission from from the United States. The Hollywood people love to come and vacation here. They come and shoot movies here because it's relatively cheap. Uh, Toronto is just over there in case you wanted to go do Toronto Fashion Week or TIFF or whatever. And then like a little further is Vancouver, Seattle. Seattle, by the way, I'm hearing is like blowing up. Like it's 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 apparently becoming really? a really, really hot town. Yeah. Uh, some of the biggest... Uh, like companies are re- like uh, moving out of Silicon Valley and actually relocating there. Yeah. Really? And uh, there's some sort of weird renaissance going on in Seattle, uh, which is making Vancouver obviously a hotter place to live in. Yeah, for sure. Because you're a hop, skip, and a jump away. But uh, technology, art, everything. There's something about that city. And I feel like of all the cities, we're most like Seattle in that way, um, is that it tends to be kind of a generator of artists. But they just don't end up staying. <laughs> yeah, but that—that's the thing about athletes cities. Too. Cities that generate artists or athletes, or you know, like take Berlin for example. Berlin's super like hype city regarding everything that's art, mm-hmm. you know. But it is because the cheaps are rent. The cheap, the rents are cheap mm-hmm. in Berlin, so you can be an artist and actually make a living out there, right? And but of course, there's the whole bassin around it. You know that you can like go to Paris and go to the da, 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 right? Yeah. But it it kind of for me, anyways, like the way I see it, it's Berlin is kind of a Montreal state of mind, also because you know if you're an artist and you don't have money, you can actually live in Berlin. You know, and it's party town and blah blah blah. Perpetually. Blah. Perpetually, right. like clubs closing, like not closing for a whole weekend. You know. Right. But it's it. I think the, the there's an advantage to these cities, like we're saying about Seattle. You know, you can create great artists, and you can you. But the 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 uh, the other side of it to me is that equal in Montreal and Seattle or any Berlin is that if you have a city that tends to be so cheap that artists can live in it, well, you can have of course some great artists coming out of it, and we talked about this already, mm-hmm. but. The other side is that you also have some bad artists that can live off of it right. and call themselves artists, uh-huh. right? So you have it's, it's everyone eats. In every, the, everyone right. eats. Everyone pays rent, but in the end, there's a general acceptance of mediocrity that I find. That's an interesting point of view. Yeah, I see what you mean. You know? Yeah, they, there's no like uh, sur- there's no like survival of the fittest mechanism kind of in place. Yeah, exactly. That weeds out the that weeds out the the, the 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 cheap shit. You know? Yeah. And I mean, like, it's just I don't know if you guys know the the painter Marc Seguin. He's a uh, he's a huge Quebec yeah. painter. He's amazing. His art is amazing. He lives in New York. He works in New York. And I remember what he said in one interview where he's saying, you know what, you know, if if you have what it takes or, you know, like if you go to New York, if you go to whatever, Paris, Milan or whatever, you're going to know pretty soon if you have your place there or not, you know, which is very right. And but in cities that are more incubators incubators of artists or whatever everybody can be an artist i mean everybody can like put up fucking painting like as as 
like look all the in all the coffee shops and everyone all the the little restaurants that do like art shows and i emphasize on the guillemet yeah you know like i mean have you ever seen and i'm asking this question like have you ever seen in a coffee shop or a little like place like truly great art I certainly can't remember. I mean, you, you see once in a while you see something that's promising, but yeah, again, it the, you're right. This attitude of everyone can safely practice here will mean that no one's going to be really excluded from the conversation. Exactly, right? everyone exactly. gets to post and make their sculptures and make their whatever, and there's nobody sort of going, okay, well, that's kind of this level and that level, and they're afraid, in fact, here to tell you that your art is not good, right? When you're yeah. in art school, yeah, you know, not that you are not good. Uh, but the, either that you need to challenge yourself more or you need to push yourself harder. It's sufficient just to be, to make art, to be an artist. It, yeah, it, well, it's sufficient to be, yeah, exactly. Like you say, to be making it yeah. is, uh, sorry about that noise. No, no it's, it's, it's enough yeah. to call yourself an artist, right. I would say. And I think this probably would extend to other fields as well. Oh, it does. Totally. In this town. like Yes, uh, absolutely. Every startup. Acting, painting. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs. C- uh, CFO. Like everyone <laughs> calling themselves COO, COFO, whatever the What's fuck. What's CFO? Well, uh, like, Chief Financial. Chief financial. Uh, yeah. financial officer. So, or, um, um, yeah, like the from a business side, I've heard similar things. I mean, Richard, you probably have a little bit more exposure to this stuff. Seeing you know, pretenders and real business people come and go? Well, the barriers are a bit lower, I would say, in the, in the same way that anybody can kind of start a startup. Whether or not it's, it survives or not, I think is it's a little less uh, related to rent and more related to normal business, like, expenses. Right. You know, other other sources of overhead, so it's probably not as extreme. But there's a, there is a burgeoning startup community here in, in Montreal. Yeah, definitely. And part of it is, is a cost thing, and another part of it is that they're getting sort of an incentive packages from the from the government in order to do it because they want this to become like a new Silicon Valley. There's partnerships between Montreal and Silicon Valley. Um, but startups are it's kind of a weird thing. It's sort of hit and miss anywhere. Yeah. You know? Like but I mean, if yeah, you totally. fail here, you're still gonna, you're st- you, you'll, you won't have to pack it up and go home. You can still kind of Get back on your feet and like you know your rent's not going to kill you right you're gonna you're gonna be right. able to survive it's still very expensive to run a business yes of course you know, of course i'm not I'm well not anywhere exaggerate. anywhere it's expensive but i mean if you business, go to new york yeah. as a fashion photographer right and you go for broke you better bring yourself you know some money some some supplies and then you make a go at it and at some point if it didn't happen you got to kind of go home you can't just yeah. linger around. No, or you become homeless, whatever. <laughs> right. You know, and but you're going to have this homeless guy on the street saying, hey, I used to be a fashion photographer somewhere in my life. Right. But I it's mean, like all those uh, guys driving cabs with degrees, right? Yeah. But I mean, regarding what uh, Richard was saying about the uh, startup uh, industry and startup like mentality, um, it is what you said is exactly on point. And because. I, I, I had like a business, like a side business starting up. I got a government grant for it. And, but like one thing that I had to do was to follow some sales classes, which by the way was amazing to me because 
you know, every, I think every artist in every city in, should in the world yeah. should follow sales classes. Yeah, we talked about this. First and above all. Yeah. But what you were saying... saying like it should be the first thing out of the gate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, fuck your art, fuck everything, like, follow mm. sales classes. Like, go do like a two months, you know, um, two months... Intensive. Intern, intern in a dealership, in a car dealership. That will be your best experience ever. But that being said, I was saying that... And the grant like the people in my sales class it was it was crazy because there were some projects that were actually very interesting you know and people that really like were doing their startup business and really like wow okay this this idea is pretty cool and yeah it's cool but then again half of the class had these little wishy-washy projects that are borderline on um, on artisanal, mm-hmm. you know? It's like you had, I, I'm not, because I can't remember all of them, but it, it w- really was striking to me how much half of the class had legitimate startups and like you can see where this is going to be going. And if it fails, it's going to fail. It might fail, but... It's going to fail for the, the right reasons, right? right? It's not going to fail because they haven't the idea put was bad. the idea or like it could be bad management or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the other half was like... Can you give us an example of one of these like... Uh, okay. Like um, flowery... Yeah. Make I have like... I'm going to give two examples. Sure. Like one were two girls who um, are doing... We're starting up and doing homegrown um, tonic, okay. you know, and they've expanded like crazy. They're doing their own tonic. They're doing their own cola for like cocktails and stuff. It's all organic you know? and stuff. I'm it's all organic. It's all blah, 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 made in Montreal, blah, 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 etc. And, and they've got a crazy That's a business idea. They, they, it's a good business idea yeah. and they've got good packaging. They've got a good market research. They like and like they're hitting up like crazy right now. Are these the ones yeah. that sell the? It's like the syrup, and then you add tonic water to it in order to make. No, your own no, the, no. It's the uh, other way around. Oh actually. yeah, okay. it's just the tonic. Uh-huh. And uh, but I mean, these girls are. But that's like, the one. And, that's what. That's the one you sell. Uh, no, no, it's not the one. It's okay. the opposite. Yeah. It's the opposite. Okay, it's do like it the other way. Yeah, it's tonics. Okay, anyway, they're, to, they're, to put in gin tonics and whatever. What they're oh, doing cool, is cool. is legit. It's legit. It's they. There's they, a demand for it. There's a demand for it. They've been growing up like crazy, and they got a grant from the government to do their startup, right? Which is fine, which I have no problem with. You know, which is like why government money is yeah, there. That's right? the right stuff. Yeah. That's the right stuff. And then <clears throat> on the other side, you have, you have this girl that is not a jeweler, that has never studied jewelry. She's a singer in a punk rock band. And she decided she was doing jewelry one day. And she has no knowledge of jewelry. She has no knowledge of metals. And what the jewelry she's doing is like just picking up, you know, old jewelry somewhere in like some puss, flea market, flea market whatever, yeah. whatever. And readjusting them together 
Okay. And basically, had, junk, junk, literally. Junk art, I'd say. Right. <clears throat> and I'm not saying it's not legitimate. I'm not saying it's not legitimate. If you do it well, and if you you know you have a real view behind it, but in the middle of the thing, you know, she was like, "Yeah, so I don't really know how to do jewelry. I never studied it. I don't know the metals. I don't know. So I'm gonna go like to get like some course, some class on it, and maybe it will help my game." And like she did the whole putting the thing. cart before the horse type of situation, right? Yeah, and but even though. I like the girl as a person, you know. Someone needs to tell her her idea. I mean, shit. I'm, like <laughs> she's just still right now after that thing, and she got the grant. She's still singing in her punk band, right. you know, you know, and that are doing shows at Kitty Brum and whatever, right? You know. So the only thing is, I'm, I'm just wondering, like one, you know, and she got the same money as the other two girls. And so I'm just wondering, like, how much, you know, can like, why did we both, should some there should we be should, vetting, there a should be process, like yeah. a, there, there should be like a process, yeah, you know, because not I've all, seen not all ideas are equal. like not all, all ideas are equal, yeah. and not all people are equal in that sense, in the business sense, you know. So I mean, so I, I was a bit critical of that. But at the same time, you know, it's just, I think it's just a very, like, mentality here that, you know, like, anybody can, have, yeah, it's the has the same ability as anybody no else, child right? behind mentality, right? This idea of that, like, I mean, even today, I was in a PTA meeting, right, for my son, and uh, they were showing us their system for grading their performance. Now, this is kindergarten, right? So, like, they're still not, you know, actually drawing real grades, and the teacher was showing me how like they have like uh, does it easily does it with some difficulty does it with a lot of difficulty and then there's a can't do it but that they only rate that and explain they only if that ever happens they only show that to the parents there's a process where the kids get to rate themselves which i think is pretty cool but they hide that option the can't do it option right and i was looking at this and i'm like part of me was like okay i get it They don't have the maturity and the the, the 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 assurance, the personal the personal confidence yet to understand, you know, something like you can't do it might actually do some damage there. Yeah. Right. And maybe this is a, mm -hmm. not a bad place to still tell them no. There is no such thing as you can't do it. It's you need to work at it and you need to like maybe move on to something else if this is not not working for you, right? But I think that that mentality works up until a certain point, right? Mm. And I agree, I think, with you, Sebastian, that there is definitely a point in time where someone needs to tell you your idea sucks. Yeah. Well, right? I mean, there's a line that has to be drawn somewhere. Yeah. And just like clearly say it, too, because I think the reason we stop saying it to people is that we're afraid. To, once again, this comes back to confusion of words, vocabulary, like verbal confusion, linguistic confusion. We have not clearly separated the individuals from the from the art or from the material, and we if we had just said to the person, "This work is not great," but you you as long as you're trying and you're putting in your efforts, like that's positive, then I think that no and this this what you came up with is crap is much easier to swallow, right? But here, I don't know if it's a North American thing or if it's just a Montreal thing, but we've kind of fused whatever we do into our egos and our 
souls, right? So the moment someone tells you your jewelry thing is garbage, the person garbage. is demolished, yeah, 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 yeah. right? Yeah. And then there's a how dare you, and it becomes abuse, right? And then mm. people start to literally. How dare you invalidate my experience? Yeah, yeah. How dare yeah, you? Yeah, because that's that's what it is. Exactly. <laughs> it's all about the experience. Yes. No, fuck. It's not about the experience. Yeah, try it's to about pay your rent experience. Yeah. It's yeah. about ability to do shit. That's it. You it's know? about whether, and, and from a business standpoint, it's about whether anybody is going to spend money on, exactly, your, on your exactly garbage yeah, jewelry. Yeah, exactly. You know? If you have okay. garbage jewelry and people are going apeshit to buy it, you have all my yeah, respect because God. you're making money. <laughs> yeah. You're making money. And I th- there's a lack, and I think that what we're seeing here is exact to, like, we have to dissociate and you know here and in, in, even in berlin i have a friend living in berlin and he's a photographer also and it's all of that it's it's not about money it's not about it's about the arts and it's about the, like you can do art and make money with it like what's yeah. wrong yeah. with that shit being a bad communicator doesn't make you a good artist no, right. No, or a, bad, or a bad salesperson. Exactly. Or being a good communicator doesn't make you a good artist either. Uh, no, but it makes you a good communicator. People will be able to realize if your message sucks really, really quickly if you're a good communicator. Like mm, nobody wants this message, right? But this is what the problem is. This again, a confusion, right? We're not telling these kids and these young artists that their 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 stuff is not always great, um, because out of some misguided sense of we're reacting to past generations that were so cruel and so direct and often crushed dreams before they were even born right so now there's this reversal where everybody's a snowflake right but and the I love that right? expression, everybody's sorry. a special yeah. fucking yeah. snowflake yeah, yeah. uh and the premise of this or the mentality behind it is that we want to 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 bring positivity and wellness to that person and we want to we want them to feel good but what you're actually doing is fucking them harder than totally than any teacher that has the balls to go richard i looked at your proposal it's not good okay this is uh, this is this idea is dead okay but mm-hmm. i love the work you did on it i love your enthusiasm i want you to go back like fucking wiley coyote you know go back to that fucking drawing board start again and we're gonna i'm gonna just keep I'm, i'll stay on you until you come back and then I'm, I'm sure you've got the you've got the guts or you know what richard i looked at this and this is the fifth, fifth time you've submitted this project and you still don't seem to get it. Uh, I can't let you pass this class because if you go out into the world with this mentality, you're going to get destroyed. And I want yeah. you to eat and have a family one day and be able to, <laughs> to be right. proud in what you're like if we had this kind of approach. Right. So, in fact, being harsh and telling that girl that her her bullshit jewelry is not going to go anywhere is more loving, far more loving than any kind of snowflake. Well, that's, uh, that's a good example yeah. of a bad business idea, but it's not really a good example of bad art because that person no, who is, no, not, is not an no, artist. That's true. Right? Well, I mean, if she anything, can... she's a bad business person and a bad artist. Yeah, exactly. Or even if she was trying to be an artist, it seems like she was trying to be an opportunist. It's like, oh, I see all this junk jewelry out there. I can just, you know, mix Maybe, it up yeah, and yeah. Like, some asshole is going to buy it. But don't yeah. you see how, in fact, I would say that her... Like I'm, I'm postulating here because I don't know this girl, right? Maybe I have it all wrong, but her. If you're listening, we're sorry. Yeah, your jewelry <laughs> sucks, but we're sorry. Um, 
Don't quit your day job. Hypothetical jewelry girl. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be quite honest, I don't think she's girl. listening. So, <laughs> but well, I guess what I wanted to get to is maybe you know the whole, I'm starting to think that the whole reason she was in that classroom is because she bought into this. Anybody can just do whatever they want if they put their mind to it, right? Yeah. And it, we we keep selling this fucking fantasy of the you know the art of the deal, you know, and like all of this like. Uh, we love these stories of the guy who took, who traded in the paper clip, and then he got a house out of it or whatever. Like mm-hmm. we yeah. ate that shit up in the '90s, right in the 2000s. So I'm not only now I'm revising my statement. Not only are you fucking that person extra hard by telling them they're a beautiful snowflake when you should be giving them some reality, you are potentially creating stories that will inspire other terrible artists to also yeah. fuck their lives over. Maybe it relates back to uh, what you're, what Seb was saying earlier about the the rents being low and everybody can just create shitty art. Maybe yeah. that's why she's like, "Oh, this art stuff's not hard. Look at all this shitty art that's out there. I can I can do this." And Anyone can do this. People will buy it. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Actually, what you said, Jason, I would go even a step further yeah, than it. that. Let's push it further. And uh, because I because I truly like having known this person. Um, you know what? I just think she had just trouble paying her rent and saw the opportunity to get a 20 grand grant from the government. Okay. That's all about it. Right. That's she a, invented it's very punk rock. She attitude. invented she invented some project. You know, I'm not saying that she wasn't involved in her project sure. or whatever, you know, but it was certainly I think the the basic it's like um, BS, like luxury BS, like welfare. like luxury welfare, welfare plus. Yeah, luxury welfare uh-huh. because yeah. Yeah. Ah, look at these suckers giving out twenty grand for nothing. Yeah, exactly. They're accepting any freaking projects, <laughs> anything. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I yeah. can I can vouch for uh, for the what you're saying to be a hundred percent true because I uh, I remember that portion in my film school where we did discuss what grants are available to artists and stuff, and we had this teacher that she knew them inside out. She knew like every single fund foundation yeah. that did anything that you could sort of climb on and as a filmmaker you have to be kind of a bit of a rat and just try to grab whatever grant you can uh, because otherwise you know no one cares about your stupid screenplay <laughs> and nor should they sometimes man is there is that not an industry where you should get some hard truths right at the beginning hmm. and you don't get it but anyway so uh i remember one of the canadian council something something art grants and everyone's like, okay, so hit us, teacher. Like, what are the parameters? You know, everyone's taking notes. Like, okay, what do you got to have? They're like, she's like, nothing. I'm like, what do you mean nothing? Well, you have to submit your idea. But uh, really, it's kind of judged on an artistic level. So, so like someone said, like, okay, so you have to have your financials in place, right? Like, you have to show that your budget is on point and you've, you have, no, 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 no. Actually, that's probably going to backfire for that particular grant. If you come in with your briefcase and you've got everything in order, they'll pass you over. Because it was literally this grant designed for fucking like delusional hippie uh, doesn't want to get a job and thinks is an artist. Like it was almost directly encouraging that lifestyle hmm. uh, of like artistic. Like if I just tape some eggshells to my forehead and put banana peels in my underwear and don't wash for a year like that could have gotten more of a grant than 
some person that has an for actual sure. plan, sure. right? So no, the fact I, that I mean, that's out yeah. there is is it, it supports your theory that this girl was just coming in to get some easy money. And it's not only that. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I studied arts at university, right? And um, it, it, it's just like a mentality. And I'm not saying it's typical for, for Montreal because... You see it a bit everywhere. You can see it a bit everywhere, I think. But at the same time, is I've seen it so much here that artists in Montreal are so focused on getting government grants. You know, if they don't get the government grant, there's they're no not going to do there's the no freaking work. project. Yeah, there's no work. You know, but what I don't understand about that is, you know, there are some private investments to be had. You know, you can go like, wh why don't you just, you know, like if you really, if, if your project is really. You believe in it that you much. You really believe in it that much. Why? Like. Go and get it. I'll tell you why they you don't, know, go go they and don't get, get it. it because they didn't take that business class you were talking about. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't even do. think it's about business. I think it's about common sense. Well, you know, uh, if the project, if a project is so important to you mm -hmm. that you want to go and apply to the uh, count, arts council or whatever, or Quebec and Canada or whatever, you know, if, if it's so important to you to get that money to make that project happen. Why don't you go elsewhere and try to make it yeah, happen? Why can't you walk into Why can't you walk into corporate fucking America? Yeah. You know? And go like boom. And go like, you know what? You know, I need a sponsorship. Yeah. You know? Because you know why I think? And I'm purely speculating here. Um, because I know some artists and myself I am a type of artist. But so what do you think is going on? I think it's just the the fact that Private investments are looked at badly. Oh right! Because you because mm -hmm. because hang on because I know what you were going yeah, to say, I'll, but I'll let you finish. Because you have to show for it. So if some private investor gives you, I don't know, like 10k on your project, you in the end you have to show for it. You know you have to, but. If you get a grant from the Arts Council, yeah, you have to show for it at the end of the year. Right. You've done your project and blah, blah, blah. But if some private investors comes and say, you know what? Where's I'm going to give you where's my product? 10K. I'm going to give you 10K to do your art, you know, to do your exhibition. But you have to show me the steps you took to do that, to do that exhibition. Like you have to show me financials. You have to show me like locations where you would be wanting to it's expose. Like a business plan. It's like a business plan. Basically, it is. Yeah. And and I think there's a lot to do with that. That a lot of artists and I'm of course I'm again doing a generality. Yeah, here. I, I personally know several that are doing doing what exactly what they're supposed to be doing with the grants. Exactly. 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 So I'm, but I know some of those people. Yeah. And so. It's just like to me, it's just because they just want to take it easy and relax and not do, you know, they just want to. And I can understand it to some extent that they want to focus on their creation and they want to focus on their inner self and experience and whatever and blah, blah, blah and conceptuals. 
and conceptualize their 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 art and not wanting to have somebody tell me hey you have to show me where you're at in your work right, right. or you have to package it or you have to package it this way or whatever yeah, yeah. this i totally understand but at the same time it's it's kind of yeah i don't want to see you i don't want to see you fucking protesting when it you know when there's this and that and the other thing like you can't not participate in the in the commerce aspect of it and then bitch and moan because we're not throwing you free money constantly. No, exactly. Someone's cutting those programs exactly. off. Richard, I felt like you wanted to make a point about that a second ago. I, I was going to, well, I had a couple of points. One was, um, was more of a question. So do they give grants up for podcasts? I'm just kidding. They do actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. I'm, okay. I'm, we have to look into that. I'm, I've looked Stat. into it. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Yes. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that it, you know, all this kind of boils down to the weirdness that happens when you start to mix money with art you know mm-hmm. and the expectation mm-hmm. of you know making a living off of art you know and that's different for different art styles i, th- I feel like yeah photography is an art but also kind of, kind of an essential service to a lot of businesses and people and you know, there's different types of, of photography. Yeah, of you know, yeah. certainly there's an industry behind it. There is, yeah. Whereas, like sculpture, yeah. not really. Yeah, if I'm going to make uh, giant papier mâché uh, sculptures <laughs> in, in my backyard, then I'm probably not going to make a living off of that. You know, if I'm welding old bicycles together into something. Maybe somebody will buy. Well, if you were you born know. in the '60s in Quebec, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no industry. So to I would direct it. you directly to the corner of Bellechasse and Saint Hubert. Yeah, exactly. You know, I would directly to that yeah. specific corner to see that exactly what Jason said. But so, it, it yeah. becomes odd when people are, are not doing their art because they're not. They don't. They didn't get a grant for it. You know, yeah, like I would almost strange. expect yeah. if if your calling was art, then you know, go do a day job and do it on the side, or yeah. until somebody pays you enough in order for you to be able to do it full time. Absolutely, it's, it's just this weird sense of entitlement that because Absolutely. you're an artist, because you want to create, yeah. that somebody's out there is going to pay you to do that, right? Without without having seen the work, you know, right. As opposed yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, art, but sight unseen, right? It's yeah. like it's one thing for me to have a vernissage. I made these amazing paintings. People are willing to pay thousands of dollars for them because they like them and they want to have them in their, on their walls. Great, but if I'm going to go ahead of time to say, well, I'm a painter, now pay me to paint, right? And we'll see if you like it or not. But trust, just like Kanye, yeah, give <laughs> yeah, me yeah, some money because I got ideas. Right. And he doesn't understand why everyone's not ringing his fucking phone. Emoticon autocorrect. Right. Well, again, you know what, Jason? Again, I said it to you before and I'm saying it again. Yes. Like, you know what? Kanye is an arrogant firehole in the hole. And Kanye is an arrogant bitch. Yeah. But he's got... He's got work. He's got work to show for it. Yes, in so music. and that's the only way that that was the only aparte I'm gonna do. Sure, no, no, yeah. and I agree with nope. you. And you know nope. what? If Kanye nope. was out there begging for money to make some kind of super album or produce some super joint thing, he would have the money yesterday, right? The problem is he is assuming that that this now gives him a golden ticket into Fashion Week. No, that and, that I totally agree. And that he's I totally agree on every radio yeah. show, like yeah. screaming about why Louis Vuitton won't take his calls and why the fashion world yeah, laughing yeah. at his fucking running shoes. Yeah, 
and uh, because they're butchered ugly, by the way. Well, that too. But he just he, he thought <laughs> well, that you'd be the expert, so at least amongst us. <laughs> I can explain this very quickly, and I think it was brilliant to bring up Kanye because he's although he's not from Montreal, he sounds like he is. He acts like he's from this town. No, you know what? No, no, no. You're you're wrong on that okay. thing. Is that he may you may think he sounds like he's from Montreal, right? But he's actually got a body of work that shows for it. True, which a lot of artists in Montreal don't have. Yes, but the, here's the thing: is uh, he, he, here's a guy who, again, confuses. And I'm not going to go into Kanye rent. I swear to we God, we can go into it. No, 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 no. I swear to God, I'm not going to go into Kanye rent. But Bring here's a full circle back to episode one. Episode one, yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a guy who thinks that because people won't, because he's been very successful and he's talented in this one area. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have other talents, but he immediately doesn't feel like he should pay any dues in any other area. And his success in music should give him a pass key to any industry that anything he wants to touch. People should immediately fall on the ground heaving uh, and thanking the sky yeah, yeah, yeah. for his presence. And when they don't, he sees it as some reenactment of his early days of the America trying to keep a young black man down, right? Where it's like, that's not the struggle that's going on. It's just like, nobody knows, first of all, what the fuck you're talking about, because you can't make any sense. And number two, you don't get to just walk into another area and start to rub shoulders with... You get to go to the parties with uh, Elon Musk, but you don't get to start commenting on on space technology because you made a couple insane. of fucking records, you fucking monkey. Yeah, He's yeah, legit yeah. insane. He's like, a, anytime any influential older person like nelson mandela dies or something he's yeah. like don't worry guys i'll i'll continue where I, you left off exactly <laughs> he actually tweeted uh he's like why are the people throwing all this money at africa at a country at a country like africa yeah when they could be they could be throwing it at me or some shit I guess. yeah yeah but I that's all bullshit talk it's anyways just bullshit and talk. rant and rant <laughs> it's bullshit talk. and can you rant <laughs> Uh, what I would like to, however, append to what we discussed with regards to uh, this sense of entitlement is one thing I'd like to add, I 100% agree with your point, Richard, is good art, the hot stuff, right? Unfortunately, while I do believe, like we've talked about big magic and all these other things where you can come from a positive place, you need a bit of danger, right? You need a bit of that cutthroat danger, uh, a survival of the fittest environment to breed some of that exciting fucking you know dangerous art where not people like backstabbing each other and fucking each other for, for a percentage i'm talking like you know speaking of berlin like you know the the bauhaus movement and all these other things that were suppressed like character building stuff that everybody goes through yeah not that you get to live on a cloud because you call yourself an artist and yeah shelter yourself from everything that could possibly form you into a legit artist or right. person exactly you just get to call yourself anything you fuck you want and while that's not really nice and well uh it does not add up to an actual career talent or work and allow you to like shelter yourself from the reality of life that everyone needs to deal with yep, yep. You Absolutely. Know, how are you I supposed totally to agree. and a lot of time like art is is about that it's about having a connection to the everyday you know having a connection to life like something that speaks to people's experience if you're so far detached from the human experience because you have this like cushy grant uh, sense of entitlement bullshit what are the chances you're going to create something that's that speaks to absolutely everyone else 100 percent agree yeah yeah but at the same time richard i think that what you said you just said is absolutely right but at the same time art has to push boundaries also 
For sure. And and I think that not relating to like the gime normal person or the everyday person is not a bad thing. And I think that's why art exists also is to push boundaries somewhere else. And also like a form of escapism perhaps. Of escapism or, or fantasy or like you know, when you when you look at an art piece, I mean it doesn't have to to say reality. And you have to also um like I'm when talking about pure art, I'm not talking about like commercial art because I make a strong difference between both. You know? You you have to you have to one part of the art is just like doing art for art and to express something and to not a feeling like a lot of people will ah je, je, je. I was inspired. I was inspired and like no, that's bullshit. You know, like that's the cheap artists on the corner of the cafe. But you know, and you don't do it to only express yourself. You do it to there's have, a there's a work. There's, there's a method. There's a work. There's a, there's a thinking behind it. You studied it. something. You, you studied something. You're you you there, there's yeah. there's a reflection right. around it. Of course, to my to my opinion, it has to be also aesthetic. But that's my opinion because a lot of artists are just gonna like flush out five or six pages of reflection and put a like an iPhone in a gallery and say like this is right. The, the rough drafts become the the you final know? products. So uh-huh. I don't consider that you know as interesting or whatever. But art has to push boundaries also, and. Be it photography, be it painting, be it installation, be it like performance performance art, be it be it uh, the movies, be it you know what it has to push boundaries somehow. Yeah. At some point, yeah. At some point, so it doesn't. I don't think it has to reflect reality. Um, and even commercial art, I don't think it has to reflect reality necessarily. I think. Like when you look, for example, when you take the ad for the um, for the, uh, the, the the Buick, the four x four Buick, where you see um, what's the name the the American actor? Um, oh, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Exactly. Where he's just rambling. You know, he's just like getting into this four by four by Buick and like, you know, I don't do it for me. I don't do it for style. I don't do whatever, you know, like I just do it because, you know, this is pure, pure escapism. Because if you take that ad, no, like who does it speak to? It it says dream. It says, I want to get that four by four. It says, I want to be Matthew McConaughey. It says, you know, and, but when you have, and on the other hand, you have people that, like taking fashion, for example, are saying, yeah, but models are overrated. We don't take models because we want to showcase the real woman, blah, blah, blah. You know, both is are the same. It's escapism. It's, right. it's right. dreams. But that, um, it, you have to sell a dream. Right, but that dream has to resonate with somebody. And I would, it, I would, it I would will disagree. Resonate. I mean, I agree with you, and I also disagree with you. Okay. In the sense that the Matthew McConaughey ad, I think, is the perfect example of a fantasy, but that fantasy in in a vacuum has no has no merit. The fantasy only works 
to the guy who was stuck in traffic driving to his nine to five mm-hmm. and then this this fantasy of being matthew mcconaughey and being this ultra cool guy the in, open his, road. in his truck yeah that's they're trying to sell that fucking truck of course to that guy of course right sometimes you got to go back to actually move forward and i don't mean go back and reminisce or chase ghosts i mean take a big step back like go from winning an oscar to doing a car commercial my agent was like i could understand if you did this right after the lincoln lawyer that would have made sense but you don't buy a lincoln because it makes sense you do it because you love it so how do you know when you're dealing in when you're doing the real thing when it's real some real fashion and it's the way that you believe it is professionally and like what makes professional fashion for you for me uh it's all about the clothes and the makeup and the intention behind it you know i always say like if you cross somebody because people have like so many ideas of what fashion is you know you have this i don't know like 50 year old guy that's beginning his retirement and he's thinking fashion for him is a five foot one chinese girl with big boobs right. you know doing like a lingerie shot you know like that's for him that's the perception of what he has as fashion it's not fashion of course but there's so many perceptions and for me it's just all about the clothing and the way the 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 uh the fabric feels and the way the fabric uh comes down on a body and it's all about the makeup also but that's an art an artifice it's mm-hmm. not it's not it, fashion is about the cloth fashion is about yeah it's about the girls yeah it's about the guys yeah it's about like the attitude but you know it's about dream also it's about giving something like projecting something that is not real that is yeah we're selling clothes of course we are but it's not done in a real way it's mcconaughey in a truck it's mcconaughey in a truck exactly no it is it exactly what it is and it appeals to a certain population it appeals to a certain to certain people mm. but yeah it's mcconaughey in the truck yeah. well, i know? guess this is why you would I, i mean you know rich and i have talked a lot about how you know everything is under fire now and being questioned uh, in terms of you know uh, not just from a feminist point of view but there are a bunch of other things that are being looked at feminism certainly whatever phase it is in now and whatever state is it is in now fashion has always been kind of a go-to target yeah. for people who criticize everything everything but certainly you know fashion has been the punching bag for like well this is distorting image uh uh, people's self-images this is ruining the female form uh this is ruining young girls because it's it's uh pressuring them to have this and that look unrealistic mm -hmm. beauty uh, standards Mm -hmm. yeah so what do you what do you think about that how do you respond to that do you think there's any merit to that or do you think they just don't get what the fashion is supposed to be i think there's Um, some merit to it in the sense that yes there has been some abuse amongst certain magazines certain designers 
that have found girls to be like it's always too fat, too fat, too fat, too fat. Get a minus four girl, you know, like. Well, no, I mean, that, I think it's part of an era also. And I think that everything in fashion are part of eras. You know, like in the Middle Ages, for example, a beautiful woman and revered woman was a fat woman because that meant she had money, that meant she probably was married to a count or a king or whatever, and so she had money, she could eat, you know? Certainly fat by today's standards, but not necessarily obese, but like... No, I'm not talking little, about little obesity, you know, like... Yeah, certainly a waif would not have been in any way of, uh, an image of, of oh, success, like a, a skinny, bone-like 80s no, model. No, because the, this was the peasants. Yeah. The peasants didn't have money and didn't have enough to eat. So, yeah, they were thin, much more than thin, I would say. Right. You know, so success was measured in the fact that, oh, like, she's bigger... And so she has money. She can eat. She's like a well-respected yeah, person. Generous bosom, hips. Exactly. All exactly. With right. Like, it was almost like a, there was like a, a, a Greco-Roman Roman, yeah. uh, idealization of these like plump uh, yeah, goddesses. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And I mean, like in the 1900s, uh, begin, like women would have their waist tightened by corsets because... At that point, that was what was like a fashion statement or whatever, you know? And it just all evolved during like, you know, eras and everything. But I think that besides from the the um, the thinness or the plus size debate, um, actually, I think there's there shouldn't be a debate because... It all comes again to what I was saying. It all comes to um, reality and dream, and selling a dream and selling something that does not exist. You know, in the sense that personally, like people who are not in fashion around me, and sometimes when we speak together, and they ask me like, "Yeah, oh," and they they say like, very like, "Oh, yeah, well, in fashion, you must have seen like so many anorexics." I'm like, no. In the four and a half, five years I've been doing fashion photography, I have never seen a girl that's anorexic. Mm -hmm. And trust me, you can spot them. With the breath, with the skin, with like there are ways to spot them. Right. I have never seen one. Right. So that's and a stereotype that people It have. is. I think there's no more anorexia in fashion than there are in any levels and any like you know in any other in, scene any other right. scene in, in in society so i mean you you can have as much people that would be anorexic or bulimia like in finances or in like lawyers studies you know but the thing the difference is that people automatically say oh fashion this is this this is that this is that You know, the same way that a lot of people who don't know the fashion world are like, oh, it must be so glamorous and so this and so that. It is not. It is not. And I want to make this clear. It is not. Okay. You bring up a really good point about um, beauty standards. Yeah. And I, and I think that um, 
that also applies it applies to men and applies to women as totally, well. Totally, totally. Like what is an attractive man has totally. changed over time too. Yeah. And I'm sure that you've seen this in in fashion photography when you're um, photographing uh, men who are kind of like androgynous, uh, you know, not your typical masculine beefy guys but they almost look like 10 year old boys you just had to deal with that recently didn't you you were in that very situation where you had a guy that you felt was very masculine and uh and the client felt he wasn't masculine enough yeah right because he didn't have like a like a A a beard and 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 long hair yeah which has become back into fashion now yeah like the fake lumberjack sort of look right and then previous to that, it was the, all these androgynous male models yeah. that you would see. But I've, and I'll ask this to you as a question because this is just an idea that I'd had at some Go point. Ahead. You'd mentioned Go beauty ahead. standards going back to Renaissance. I think that uh, beauty or what we aspire to be in this sort of fantasy uh, thing is whatever happens to be hard at that time. Right, so back in like Renaissance, it was hard to be overweight or like plumper or pale <laughs> or whatever. Uh, or dead. So that's that's a beauty standard. In in Asia, uh, they want to be as pale as possible to show that they're not outside in the picking rice in the field. Right. So there's, um, now it's difficult to be thin because everybody, all of the food that's available is horrible for us. Yeah. And it's very difficult to eat in a healthy way or to. Our lifestyles are, are overloaded with with work. It's difficult to right. we go eat too and much. Work out yeah, stuff. Bad yeah. yeah. So models who are who are working for a certain aesthetic, that's their full time job is to eat properly, work out six yeah. hours a day, etc. So I was, you know, I'm wondering, as somebody who deals with beauty all yeah. the time, yeah. do you think that there's any weight to that hypothesis? I think it's. Uh, I think you bring up something super interesting, honestly, Richard, because. Um, yeah, because most of the models I deal with are like, yeah, sure, they exercise, they like, they eat properly, they, you know, they, they do things right to keep their bodies in shape, to keep their skin in shape. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the switch, uh, maybe like a couple of years ago or whatever, is because we have this ungrowing. In America, anyways, um, that we have this ongoing population that are too fat, obese, morbidly obese, and they are blaming to not see themselves in advertisings or whatever, and they are blaming it on, oh, well, she's too skinny. You know, I can't relate to her. Yeah, but... Fashion is abusing our... Fashion is abusing, you know, like, right. I'm sorry, but, and and I'm not speaking, like, even plus-size models, you know, which I've shot a few, and they still are models, and they still have, yeah, they're bigger girls, they have curves, of course, but they are still in pretty good shape, like, okay, there's not, true. there's not an inch... Of fat on there, yeah, they have curves. That's their body type. But they're not like more. They're not. But unhealthy. they're not. There's there's no fat drooling everywhere. Yeah. You know, and so when people say, and that I think is 
like kind of a lie is when people say oh yeah let's have more like curvy models and have more plus size models i'm totally for it i am totally for it you know but when the same people that are pretending yeah but like you know we have to have these models because like thin girls they don't represent reality you know these girls the plus sizes and the curvy models they don't represent reality either right and that's the thing where i'm kind of like you know where people i think lose every sense of what it is because i mean like one of my favorite curvy models is ashley graham and one of my friend who's jabi back she's one of the best plus size models in in canada at the moment and i mean this girl like she's got a face she's got features she's chiseled you know yeah she's got curves yeah she's wearing like 13 or 14 size for women she's a pro she's a pro she is a pro and let me tell you this girl is more fit than a lot of the skinny girls i've seen i'm sure you know yeah. so i think that this debate debate is is kind of hypocritical on this the the um, on on some people because they they say oh yeah but this was this represents me because yeah i'm wearing 16 years or i'm wearing 14 years dress you know but no it doesn't represent you necessarily because you know what this girl she's fit and you're not you've got fucking fat slowing down your thighs she doesn't and she's a plus size model so you know that whole debate mm -hmm. it's kind of like yeah, I think it's, it's, it's I think it's hypocritical, you know. And when you have this girl that uh, she, I don't remember her name, she's like a size twenty-two. So basically, she's morbidly obese, you know. That oh, is yeah, a model yeah, in good. like some agency in the U.S. You know, you know what? I have nothing against. Again, I have nothing against plus-size models, curvy models, but you know, she's an imposter. She's an imposter. Exactly. That's exactly. She's an imposter. Because, like, size 22, you can't be in shape. You can't be, like, healthy. What I become concerned about at that point is not whether or not, like, she's beautiful or, you know, some people might find her beautiful. She might feel that she's beautiful herself. And great, you know, I may even feel that way, you know. Like, she's, of course. she's a pretty girl. Of course. Um, what I, I guess ends up, what ends up coming up to me is, like, what example is that? setting for the younger generation coming up to say like oh well it's okay to it's okay to, to be, be morbidly obese and yeah and irresponsible right yeah responsible yeah. yeah with your with your with your body because and you're yeah. a special snowflake yeah right um that that becomes problematic but i, I guess the, the 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 main point i was trying to say was do you believe that there is a connection between like an, an aesthetic of beauty and the fact that it's not attainable or very difficult to attain by the masses right so there's like there's only like a small in that same renaissance example is like well there's only a few people who can afford that to makes eat. sense to me it makes sense you know, to me. Yeah, it's only, the un unattainable is that's kind of what a dream is if anybody yeah. if everybody could do it then it wouldn't have the same kind of mystique. the same appeal but also that, and that's what these these people that are trying to tear it all down exactly are resentful of is that yeah they've been told that nothing is out of their reach 
Exactly. And so they're mistaking uh, equal uh, unlimited opportunities for everyone. They're again another confusion. They're mistaking unlimited opportunities, or to let everybody go out down whatever path they want to go with everything. Uh, I deserve everything, hmm. and if it doesn't suit me, then I then we should tear it down, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and now we have this is the Kardashian problem. This is the the all of these imposters are kind of a um, all this like vicious uh, paparazzi stuff, uh, vicious tabloids, uh, vicious like cruel internet uh, dogging of celebrities. Right? It's this weird bittersweet or sort of love hate relationship where at once we love them because they give us those dreams, they give us that magic, the glitter dust that lets lets us escape from our day to day. But there's a deep-seated hatred that that can't be yours immediately. You yeah, know, you it's can't. almost like me getting I, I mad totally agree, at, yeah. at, at them using Brad Pitt in a in a movie because he's more handsome than me. Right. Like I would like I would like you to use more identifiable, uglier guys. Correct. Because I I will never be able to measure up to Brad Pitt's chiseled physique. Right. And, and, it, yeah, and, it's, and exactly. And, and, Jawline, but it's gone even further to that, right? Now, what these people it, it began with just dissatisfaction. Now they will show up with lawyers and actually bring down a legitimate scene or product or event and or protest it because they can't get to that point and they feel that then then it shouldn't exist because it doesn't represent whatever they are. Right? Yeah, so it's, yeah. Be, it's literally the patients have taken over the, the you, you, taking you, the you, fantasy you, out of it, right? You, like, well, not only taking the fantasy, but I, I would answer to that is not only that it's that we live in a moment right now and we've discussed this with jason before it's we live in a moment where you know what i may be like i don't know like some garbage man working his route and whatever reading the news and disagreeing with something in the news whatever generally political or financial or whatever and posting this shit on facebook on instagram uh twittering it and everything and we live in an era where this guy's has a voice word is equally as important where as a scientist or as the scientist or the finance minister or whatever like it's equally as important, you know, and so or it's appearing it, on the same or it's on appearing on the same. On the same. Yeah. And, and back in the day, he'd just be like back in the day. His, you know, I read a, a very very a, uh, funny thing. Or he'd have to get off his ass and go to the town hall meeting and get a wait his turn. Yeah. get on the mic and go. Excuse me, sir, but I've done my research, and what you're doing is a travesty. And then ah, right, or he'd be the crazy guy on the soapbox outside. He'd probably be the crazy guy in the bar. <laughs> but now, <laughs> no, he, and yeah, now you we, know, now we have to endure him. So, 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 because we, you know, leave no child behind. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is refusable. Everything. Everybody gets to have their little special okay. Snowflake so, th- this yeah. is a quote by because it's really spoke to me. This is a quote by Umberto Eco. Yeah, you know, you know, guy. Of, of course. course, the yeah, author he recently passed away, didn't he? Uh, it's Gabriel Garcia Marquez, I think. No, he passed away this year. Uh, oh, really? And wow. uh, Umberto Eco said, social media has given uh, a voice to legions of imbeciles that before were just like talking at the bar and didn't cause anything to our collectivity. We were just like 
shushing them down right now. Today, they have the same right of speech than a Nobel Prize. And you know what? I think it's totally what it is. It's com that's perfectly exactly it's what very, it is. It's I very powerful according to that. Yeah. It's uh, again. I see. I see again this reversal, this pendulum effect again that I keep coming back to, where this is a massively extreme reaction on the other to the other direction uh, from the old days where. Uh, talented people couldn't access the echelons of power in any way other than through servitude or through some uh, debasement of themselves or you know some sort of sacrifice paying your dues they used to call it right but what happened is that also uh, created a system of where you had to you know actually ascend and work and struggle so everyone resented the the doors getting slammed in the face and being told that no you know you you're not tall enough for this ride uh, and now, we, yeah, really? Well, burn down the ride. This ride is a uh, this ride is impeaching upon my my. It's abusing me. I yeah. Feel, I, yeah. This the this ride rapes me, right? It rapes my rights, and it it you know also because I'm enter minority group. This is clearly an attack on my on my uh, on my race and on my religion and on my sexuality and blah 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 blah. And essentially, these avenues have been these freedoms that these people fucking died for and fought for have been turned into uh, uh, you know monk, uh, trump cards. That people yeah, are I, I like the term Trump. <laughs> Trump cards. <laughs> Trump oh. cards. Yeah, right? because that's exactly what you're saying. Basically, like, how come? Like, it's just, it's the shift. It's the total shift. Yeah. You know, like, right now we have, like, you know, a few years ago, like, I'm saying maybe a hundred years ago, but there was a certain responsibility and there was a certain, you know, there was a certain knowledge that was being respected. Yeah, no one gave a fuck until, now, you, like, until you said something. Or now you have age. some people that are saying like you know what i could walk on the street kill somebody and i wouldn't lose any voters and to i know you don't believe in it but you know he might be the next us president mm -hmm. and that that for me is exactly the path of what we've been discussing it's kind of the culmination of the it's the combination the of everything syndrome, yeah. you know and it's getting to be like he is the king of the of the monkey exactly, people. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's true. And he is their he is he is their emperor. He so, is the sign of the times. For yeah, sure. messiah. Yeah. So when you come back to fashion or arts or whatever, you know, like, do are you surprised that imposters and people who talk loud with no talent, with no shit to show, are being listened to, or that the garbage man is being listened to equally than as the politician or the financial officer or whatever? Right. You know, I'm not saying the financial officer or the politician is perfect. Yeah. But I think that when you get to a certain point in your life, there's a certain amount of studies, there's a certain amount of experience, or you know, like so I think it's just like <coughs> idiocracy basically. Idiocracy, yeah. yeah. Idiocracy. Well, there's the other the other point that people are inherently distrustful of authority figures in these days. And with good reason. With the amount of corruption and yeah. collusion yeah. and you know, how everything is world calm. Yeah. And Santo. The 1%, Monsanto. Uh, you know, the whole, the whole bit. Yeah, there's certainly more than enough incentive to embrace a lifestyle of I believe nothing that anyone tells me with a suit on, right? Yeah. 
Right. Or, the, you know, that I will listen to the garbage ban over the CFO or yeah. the Because he's telling it like president. it is. Yeah. Even though, uh, you know, it, it amid the stuff, amid the, the from the heart, you know, off the cuff stuff is a bunch of racist, uh, hateful, irresponsible fucking drivel that no, no serious evolved and civilized culture should ever be able to to stand behind right yeah. but he's telling it like it is so you know that's what you know and that's i think really where i get really riled up when i see a guy like trump it's not the mo- monkeys that i see on tv at his rallies and people endorsing him and stuff you know that's that stuff is easy what 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 kills me is the softness with which his critics kind of dismiss him or kind of laugh it off Oh, they're like, oh, whatever, you know, it's just a crazy deal. Whatever, it's a crazy guy. Yeah, clearly, clearly, what he said was unexpected. I'm like, dude, this is no time to be a gentleman. Yeah. If you yeah. have a counterpoint to this fucking nutcase, mm. it is time to, to get, get it out loud, proud, and vicious. You need to come at it with with a fucking stake because it's a vampire you're fighting. You're, you can't throw garlic cloves at it. You're gonna have to fucking drive that thing right through its chest, and you're gonna have to condemn it. You know, the same way that imposter syndrome and everything accepted and everything is considered. The real danger is not a bunch of idiots getting jobs and getting grants and stuff. That that it is what it is. Yeah. What the real threat to me that I see is talented people getting discouraged and walking away from the conversation mm-hmm. and basically deciding, like, this world is fucking crazy. I, I, no one's listening to me because I can't get my voice out over these drooling fucking uh you know like uh reactionaries these knee-jerk you know people and so what do moderate talented intelligent perce- uh, um aware people do at some point they pack their bags and they just like all right i'm going into the forest fuck it yeah i'm out yeah. fuck it you know and yeah. then that's super dangerous and I, th- I think that's actually you know a good reason why people are supporting trump and also sanders on on both sides because they're just kind of disenfranchised and they're they're inherently distrustful of of the the current regime and all of these people who who obviously just have PR writers writing stuff for them they're right. they're part of the the status quo people are are dissatisfied with that they want they want change some people are going to go over to Trump to be like yeah let's build a wall and stop muslims from coming in like yeah, they've got a fair number of rednecks down south. Yeah, and then you have the Sanders on the other side, which is like, well, let's go more towards some of the other civilized countries who have universal health care and free education. And yeah, but he's all also he's he's also kind of he's also kind of fucking out there in terms of like he he's really wishful thinking, yeah, preaching a lot of yeah. it's borders on religious talk. His his leftist kind of. Uh, you know everything free everything social everything conscious everything it's it sounds beautiful and it's certainly way more way more pleasant to my ears than anything that's come out of that orange bastard but it's yeah. a, it says out there uh, to me i can't well, help he's, but he's basically preaching canada pretty much can it, it's even more canada 25 years ago right yeah fair yeah, enough right and right, even right, if you right. got like halfway there it would still be an improvement right you know people are people are dying in the states waiting waiting for an operation that they can't afford yeah They're yeah but the, yeah but at the same you know, time like, obama pro- pro- proposed obamacare and the same people that are waiting for operations that are going to cause them like 
I don't know how many are protesting against it. Yeah, it's so a weird, it's, a weird, it's, it's a such thing. a weird situation. It's the American dreams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like well, they, we're offering you to have your operation paid for, or at least in part, you know. And then you come out and say like, "This is communist bullshit," you know. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, I mean, because we're not, because and, because no, everybody thinks that they're going to become millionaires, yeah, or, yeah, or billionaires, yeah, yeah. and they want to like. Ensure that the, everything's in place for when they make it big. When that jewelry yeah, comes so, in. I mean, it's, it's like, it's America the, is a country of like so extremes. And I think this is what we're, what we're seeing right now. Yeah, It's like Bernie Sanders is way more to the left than any president we've ever seen. Ever, yeah. yeah. You know, a presidential candidate, I would say. Yeah. And yeah. Trump is way more to the right than any presidential candidates we've ever seen. Right, you know that's why so because people like because people don't want the status quo anymore. No, so exactly. They're gonna go off exactly. to one side. Or exactly. Go to exactly. Point. You know what I think, and this is maybe a conspiracy theory alarm. Shit was going to go off any second here. And because You're good at that. No, everyone thinks <laughs> I'm, but I'm not at all. I don't. I'm not an extreme person. I'm extreme about not being extreme, right? But mm-hmm. some part of me can help but look at these two guys, Sanders and Trump, and. I'm a filmmaker, man. This looks like a movie to me. It does. It really does. Yeah. And it, I yeah. can <clears throat> shake the feeling that this whole thing is just a way to get us to swallow Hillary Clinton as a as a president. Agreed. Because while she was writing really high on the on the female thing and the the back in the Obama days when they went with Obama instead of her, <clears throat> since then she has she has crashed and burned and basically ruined almost any job that she's give, been given. She's basically fucked the dog on every duty that's given to her yeah. and uh, <coughs> has actual Democrats agreeing with Republicans about her being completely, completely inept. Well, look at that email thing. Yeah, but like that, she had that's, her like, own server and shit with... like, like But that's just like one example. Right? Yeah, but it's but not that only is, that. that I think huge, America man. is not ready for a female president. But it's not even... I think there's a lot to it doing it to that. They're, no, they're, no, they're no, 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 dude. If they put the a black old Democrats, guy on the, throne, the old Democrats, no, no, the old no. Republicans, man, they don't want her. It's not an issue. I'm telling you. I couldn't you. disagree more. I disagree. Really? I, 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 as and I, as a filmmaker, maybe you can chime in on this, but it seems like the perfect narrative. They're like, oh, we're gonna get a black guy in there. Oh, you know, at the height of this, the the PC yeah. stuff. Next it's like, guy, okay, ne- now the the next logical thing is let's get a woman. Next in there. one's coming, even if she can't do the job. Even if she's like a corporate shill, even even better if she is, and even if she's failed at a, a lot of her her she's a disaster mandates, in every sense. Yeah, yeah. Then just the fact that she's a woman, yeah, it just it, it plays into this like narrative. Yeah. Really, you think? Then they're gonna yeah. go with Hispanic yeah. after. I, I think okay. so. Okay. Oh yeah, okay. So Hispanic's okay. coming next. Hispanic yeah, is sure. next up, up for grabs, and then maybe if they are feeling kind of uh, well, you know frisky, what? It'll be a gay. Yeah, but the thing, oh, yeah, yeah, you know sure. the Hispanic, the Hispanic, Hispanic thing. You know, I totally get it, of course. But, I mean, what could make a shift is Cruz, Ted Cruz. Now, I'm talking about a real Hispanic guy. Yeah, I know. But, not, I not, mean, <laughs> he still has a name that says yeah, Cruz. He's, he's, lun- right he's Canadian. Yeah, he's a lunatic. He's Canadian. He's a lunatic. And he's got the no, name no, no. Cruz. No, no. The Democrats are going to roll out that Hispanic gay or lesbian person. I guarantee you that's they've that's who they're, they're going to be. You know be. what? I would love to see Lady Gaga for president. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm telling you that that would be amazing. It, you Lady Gaga up, for president of the US. You brought up idiocracy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
you brought up uh, <laughs> yeah for sure or black china black china for president <laughs> no i'm sorry we've been talking about him all evening black kanye china. for president kanye. man black kanye for president he said he was gonna he was gonna run kardashian uh, kardashian uh west uh 2000 whatever no i'm serious oh yeah this to me is playing Stuart out Caitlin like for president it's gonna happen there there will i'm telling you in our lifetimes there we will did you for instance this is a question for both of you guys yeah did you ever in your wildest dream think that that sarah palin would not be the most ridiculous thing you ever saw come near the white house did you did you ever imagine that there would be something crazier than her that that, that would actually make it that far Cause Sarah Palin, as 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 fucking ridiculous as she is, is kind of like like that. We're like desensitized now. Yeah. Right. Like the Michelle Bachman. Michelle. And, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but it's the same as uh, Donald Trump. You know, like ten years ago, you, you would have said like Donald Trump is going to be the front runner up for the Republicans mm-hmm. and might win the White the White House. A lot of people was it. Yeah, come on, that's ridiculous. Sure, but what I'm saying is like same thing f- goes for Sarah Palin again as a filmmaker. Michelle Bachman is Michelle Bachman any better than? than no, her? no. But the thing is it's that she she doesn't have any charisma, right? But she's essentially saying the same types of things. She just doesn't have any charisma. Palin doesn't have any charisma either. Who? Sarah Palin. Palin had a charisma. It got her really far. It got her really far. First of all, she was good looking. Uh, she became like a fixture. She uh, yeah, she immediately she was the poster girl for like she immediately hit home yeah. with all the the, the soccer moms and yeah. Like, well, she, well, that's what true. was the difference? Because last like when she was endorsing Trump, well that's she because seemed like a lunatic. Was yeah, she on she, medication back in the day? She or was what? no no. She was just as crazy, but she was kind of the most entertaining thing out there. Nobody or better coaching maybe maybe like well do you remember they writers? they dragged her out next to McCain who was basically dead on a arrival. Corpse. Right, yeah, of course. He's dead on arrival. Everybody yeah. felt sorry for him. Yeah. Uh, he, even when he tried to spout the the right wing bullshit, he was like half hearted, and he was just like so tired. And then they just put this basically this uh, uh, like weirdo next to her who was like finally had some life. And yeah, it's a little Spitfire. She was a little Spitfire, and her whole Alaskan bullshit was like really cute. And then when some, then when people really started listening, they're like, "Okay, wait, no, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> We're never gonna." Yeah, but I that's because that she just had really good like writers. I just think at the McCain time. was such a non-entity that she could be entertained and entertaining okay. and accepted into the public sphere. Uh, but uh, she was never any threat to anyone. Did you listen to like the, the Trump endorsement? She sounded like a raving lunatic. Oh, yeah. It wasn't even <laughs> yeah, it totally, wasn't even English. Totally, totally. Like it was unintelligible. Right. It's like she's deteriorating. <laughs> Either she's become like just batshit crazy. Yeah. Or she had really good script writers back in the day and they're like, stick to the fucking script. Right. I think she went batshit crazy. <laughs> and now yeah. she was off script. It's possible. Like I think she's just like She had a reality she was just show and stuff. Too, too excited right? to see somebody that was speaking her language yeah and really uh, anti-feminist anti-women uh, racists whatever you name it yeah. i think she just was excited about it like anti-immigration anti-mexicans anti-muslims anti-everything yeah you know i yeah, think she is- just was like yeah 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 you know, she, she probably you know what sarah palin was probably squirting while endorsing donald trump <laughs> 
That's that's an image I. Oh, thank God. you, thank you for that. You truly are an artist. You are the author. <laughs> you are the author of my nightmares tonight. <laughs> no, but my seriously, pleasure. the Republicans, though the the one thing I do like about them is they can be counted on to have these moments continually, like Palin going bananas for while endorsing Trump, or my personal favorite that people have seem seem to have forgotten was when. Uh, uh, fucking Clint Eastwood got up on the stage. Oh yeah! During he was trying to endorse. Uh, was he it, did like a comedy routine. I want to call him Monty, but it was uh, what's his name, the Mormon guy, Romney. Romney. Well, Mitt Romney. Yeah. yeah, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's Hollywood legend Clint Eastwood. This couldn't be better." And they didn't realize that he's basically lost his marbles. He did like a ventriloquist. Ventriloquist. Uh, is that what he was? thing with like an empty chair and he was like asking the chair questions and he was pretending he was, it was obama right that obama was in the chair i don't remember and no, was, really? i just remember yeah. being really sad <laughs> he tried really? to do this comedy routine by making it acting as if uh, obama was was sitting there and then like a quick-witted smart speaker can make this comedy routine work but Clint Eastman is like 170 years old right <laughs> so it just looked like a guy who escaped from the old age home <laughs> right he just literally looked like some guy who was like, like wandered on the stage. Any minute, someone's going like, "Dad, Whoa. Dad, Granddad," <laughs> and then like the orderlies just like wrestle him back into the the ambulance, and off he goes. And it was like even it was so painful to see. But it was Republicans can be counted on for this bullshit time and time again. But I'm telling you guys, just to bring it back, the filmmaker in me, and it's not even a good film, uh, feels like this whole thing is just a nice song and dance. To hand the Clinton uh, dynasty uh, and their friends another f- another four years to do this, that, and the other thing. It's possible. I, I think you're crediting them with um, the ho- the whole establishment with a little bit too much um, cohesion and coordination. Yeah, you know. No, I, I certainly don't think it's a crack team strategy here. But like, ah, I, let's I, put I, I honestly there. certainly hope so. Yeah. Um, I certainly hope look at so. the republic. Look at what a mess the Republicans are, right? Like, like how yeah, many yeah, goddamn yeah, candidates did they have? The thing is, you know what? Maybe like you're right. Seventeen. Yeah, yeah, but maybe you're right on one thing: is that if Clinton gets elected, you know, the Republicans are going to have control of the House, right? So they don't want to lose control of the House, right? Although they're they're playing, they're really risking things by backing Trump because yeah, but that's that's a lot of that's, rational Republicans. That's exactly hate that why thing. I'm saying that you might be right. That it might be a that it cost. might be like you know like because they want Clinton to be elected. Well, listen, for Trump it doesn't matter. He doesn't care. If no, he, he doesn't care. Not. He's gonna go. This like has he's been gonna, yeah. the yeah. mother of commercials for him. For sure, he will live on in infamy and in fame of and ever, forever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah. Anytime he rolls out a, a, a TV show or whatever, he's secured his place in American history, and that's this is what he's always wanted, right? This is kind of what he's wanted. So he, whether he wins or not, for him, this is a big joke. And if he gets in, it's the one that laughs him all the way to the fucking yep. White House. But they re- clearly cannot let this happen. The Republicans don't want this to happen. You can tell. They do not want this to happen. But they know... Just like the Canadians right now, who are getting, who are, who are basically done. They've lost any chance almost of being making the playoffs. Any team that that's taking a beating goes into rebuilding mode, right? So we're like, all right, guys, it's not going to happen. We're going to have to like regroup, restructure, and roll out some real, you know, make some trades. 
right? I think that's what the Republicans are looking at now. That's why they let everyone in their sister fucking campaign the, this mm. time around. Because usually, that many campaign, that many people running uh, in a primary with in, internally of the party is embarrassing. That shows a divide in the party. Yeah. That shows that yeah, for sure. everyone's pulling in their own direction, and it's really a bad sign. You don't well, want to have two. You want to have two or three guys. There's such a divide with the Tea Party. Yeah, like the Republicans inside, just they're divided. They're tearing inside. each other they're apart. Tearing each yeah. other apart. Yeah, and there's, there's tea- not even any sort of class between yeah. them. Uh, what I mean is, like, even within just within the race themselves, they were like uh, uh, attacking each other. Yeah, in ways yeah, yeah, that yeah. you never see internal. Of course, you know. Of course, what you want are two, maybe three max people in your party lobbying to be leader, but that are all pushing the same message. Here you had basically like uh, the fucking the nut, nutcase after nutcase. Like it's every kind of nutcase you can imagine. Yeah. They're rolling. It's almost like they're rolling out all the garbage, so they'll that they'll true. burn themselves out and they'll you'll never see them again. Hmm. And meanwhile, it seems like it's just going to be a softball pass off to to Hillary. She's incompetent, but there's a machine behind her, and they'll keep her out of trouble. I think. In the worst case, she gets impeached, uh, and that would be the ultimate of ironies. If Hillary gets elected, it's just going to be more of the status quo. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately where it's going to stay. Well, that's certainly where what the people who are in power would like. Yeah, right. It's whether or not the the masses want that. Exactly. I, I didn't that's want the it. Question. This isn't so, the first time. Yeah, yeah. Richard, who are in, who is in power? Who is in power? Yeah, it's, tell me. It's all corporations. It's the corporations, and it's the people who have all all the all the money. Yeah, but besides from the Wall Street, the four people for, who have but, like yeah, yeah, percent yeah, of bes- the no, bes- <laughs> no. I mean, besides from the classical answer, who has the power? Like, you want names? No, I'm not. No, 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 no. I don't want names. I mean, it's not only that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the people. Who, who, well, the people who have the power right now are the ones who have the money. The people who have the power in their election are the ones who are able to um, influence people's decisions. Yes. So influence you, their minds. Yes. So like the media. But there's, yeah, but there's always been influential people and to influence other and to influence the elections and whatever here in Canada, here in, in the U.S. Yeah, but the population and, you know, was docile. The what? The population was docile for almost yes, the entire history. Yes, but the thing is that population wants to be docile. I'm sorry. You can't, like, like, and I do get what you're saying, absolutely. It's true that, yes, there are lobbies. Yes, there are people that are, like, putting their interest in, like, yeah, let's bring the cash. It's true. That's totally true. But I, I think that populate the population and not everybody maybe but they like to be docile people like to be told what to think people like to be told what to do you know and i think that even with the um the revolts or the uh, revolutions i'm not even calling it revolutions i'm sorry because that's the word came from english but like in uh in egypt let's say you know they had this revolution because they wanted to throw out this um, this government that was abusive and that was like blah, blah. and what did they get stuck with 
the Muslim Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Which is worse, was worse. And then they didn't, like, I think people like to be told what to think and what to do. I and I think the change. people, and yeah, but I think people who want change, and there's a lot of people who want change, and to be honest, I'm part of it. You know, there's some things that are needed to, that needs to be changed. But I think that not all not people. Not if it's uncomfortable. Not if it's uncomfortable and not if it's, and I honestly don't think that everybody can have a say in it. I'm sorry to yeah, say that. Yeah, not everyone can have a voice. Right? Not everyone can have a voice. And because sometimes, you know, you've got. Fire and hole. Fire and hole. Fire and hole. Well, the idea of, of change is, is a very sexy idea. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because yeah. people tend to get tired of their mundane existence yeah. and they want the McConaughey in the truck. And right? fire in a hole. Right. <laughs> and fire in a hole. Yes. So the gra- you know, that sort of grass is always greener on the other side sort of thing. Like, well, what we have right now sucks. So let's change, you know. Like even Obama, like his yeah, yeah, yeah. his the, whole the, the campaign orange wave was, here in Canada was on change, of course. Yeah, yeah. everything was on on change. Like yeah. yes, we can, and yeah. all that stuff, you know. So I think there's there's always going to be a desire for change, whether or not that idea of what the what the change is is you know whether that's clear to the common person, I don't know. But it's definitely um, very sexy as a concept. It is. It is. But I think. Sorry. 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 Go ahead. Once again, uh, it's an issue of education, and I think, or lack thereof. I think if we start telling our kids and we start telling our young people that it, the problem is not their desire for change, and the problem is not their desire for uh, challenging institutions. It's the way they want to change it. But that that requires work. And that you need to stop making documentaries about dying fish and bad politicians and start making them with conversations with people that may have answers that's going to involve all of us fucking getting off of our fat asses and pitching in a little bit. And not just tossing a buck at it, right? Actually inconveniencing ourselves, putting down our fucking Instagram accounts and all this other bullshit and just taking a moment to just be inconvenienced a little bit more on a daily basis i think that's change i want that's the kind of change i want to talk about when i just hear somebody from a pulpit you know yelling slogans i want to fucking hurl yeah that's exactly what it was what i was going to say if you want change you, yeah exactly put your instagram down your other shit down and you want to change in a real way don't fucking get your ideas from a slogan. Yeah. You hear a hundred people people around you saying. Yeah. Just make up your own idea and make up your own slogan. Make up your own way of change. Yeah. And be intelligent about it. Tell me what you're willing to throw on the fire. Exactly. To, to, exactly. Today. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we've solved the world's problems today. Great. McConaughey yeah, in a truck. Amazing. Amazing. Mission so. mission accomplished. McConaughey in a truck. <laughs> Fire in a hole. So, Sebastian, where, where can we uh, find some of your stuff? Uh, you can see it on Triple uh, W, like my dad says. Triple Dub? Triple W. That's, that, that's the internet. Like, oh, the, internet like my dad says, it's uh, WRK Bureau, like a bureau.com. Great. Yes. Yeah. Thank you well, so check much out for website. having me, guys. Hey, hey dude, it's a pleasure, man. You're going to have to come back. Thanks uh, for coming. 
And uh, next time we'll talk a bit more about Spook, yeah. who is your dog, who everybody in the neighborhood loves. I think actually next time you should have Spook. Just Spook, it's just yeah. like yeah. <laughs> we've, we've had a baby in the in the studio, so that's that goes that works. Yeah. <laughs> First dog of, uh, of fire in the hall. First dog of fire. Yeah, I, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, so check out uh, uh, Sebastien's uh, work. Uh, if you even if you care about fashion photography, any of that, it's really legit stuff. It's really good stuff. I've seen him work. Uh, I've seen the photography. And I'm well, I'm not particularly in the fashion. Like it's really cool. It's certainly not imposter stuff. Uh, it's really good stuff. You're on Instagram too, right? Yep. Um, despite your better judgment. Oh yeah. Well, you were reluctantly anyways, on Instagram. No, I wasn't reluctantly on Instagram. I'm, I was. I, I'm actually taming the thing right now. Okay. And so I'm getting like. I'm actually getting happy about You're dipping it. your toes. Yeah, 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 yeah for well, sure. Well, definitely check out Sebastian's work. I mean, he has billboards up in New York. Uh, his work has been a little bit Toronto, everywhere. Toronto, Vancouver, been published in UK mags, been published in New York mags, and French mags, Canadian mags. Yeah, so don't hesitate to come and uh, inflate his ego even further. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> inflate my ego. And <laughs> if you have money to spend, you know, like come and see me, I'd be happy to take it from you. Yes. But you're going to get a great product. I can guarantee it. What's your Instagram handle? It's uh, at Sebastian Jorkovic, but uh, see, just at Sebastian, S-E-B-A-S-T-E-I-N-J-U-R-K-O-V-I-C. Check us out on iTunes. Uh, great subscribe uh leave us some comments on uh, soundcloud yep we're on soundcloud we're on stitcher we're on itunes um spread the word if you like what we're doing um let us know if you have thoughts about the show and uh, you know send us messages if you want to be part of the show and if you think you have something cool to contribute fire in the whole podcast at gmail.com there you go so fire fire in the whole podcast on itunes on stitcher on SoundCloud. Check it out, and thank you for listening. Thanks very much, guys.